York, New York, big city of dreams. I'm talking, talking, I'm talking straight out. New York, New York, big city of dreams. going on this is jay ellis from the nick of time show here give you that nick talk just in the nick of time and it's time to talk about big nicks wins of gunshots for these nicks we beat the denver nuggets at home and we have not beat the denver nuggets. the denver nuggets at home in a mighty long time 106 to 103 led by Julius Randle. Julius Randle came in, gave you 34 points, 11 rebounds, four steals, four assists on the night. Gunshots for Julius Randle. Jalen Brunson gives you 21 points, seven assists, and five rebounds. Derrick Rose chips in with 13. Emmanuel quickly chips in as well with only six, but six assists. And the Knicks do a great job clamping down these Denver Nuggets, holding them to 19 points in the fourth quarter while scoring 26 points, overcome RJ Barrett's rough game and squeak out a win against the Denver Nuggets without the Joker, without Aaron Gordon, and us without Mitch Robinson. And we're going to talk about it all at 1 a.m. in the morning. And if you're here watching us talk Knicks in 1 a.m. in the morning, gunshots for you. Applause to you because you're crazy. Either crazy or you don't care about the job. But either way, you're crazy and you love the Knicks and you're watching it with us. So salute you guys as we celebrate the Knicks win. All right. Uh, Before I get into the details of the game, you already know what it is. I'm going to introduce my guy. It's the man, the myth, the legend, the guy with the stats and the facts. Ryan G's in the building. And just to show y'all how much I love y'all, I got to get up 6.15 in the morning. And I'm here talking Knicks basketball with y'all. So y'all got to appreciate that, all right? Come on, man. If you don't appreciate the dedication of the KOT show, my man's over here. 16 more, which means we 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 gotta go to, we gotta get together. And if you love us, if you appreciate us, hit that like button. If you're new to this channel, you love you feel our passion, hit that subscribe button. It's gonna help the algorithms algorithm. Now let's get into it. Ryan, we won this game despite Ryan. Tibbs was tibbing today. He was tibbing like I never seen him before. RJ Barrett. First half. Played 19 minutes. The most minutes out of anybody in the starting unit. And Kibbs just stepped going to him. Was horrible from three. Wouldn't hit a layup. Couldn't do anything. Was horrible on offense. Horrible on the defense. And the Knicks. Did and we almost blew us the game. Tibbs almost lost us this game, Ryan. If we lost this game, it would we would have had to look no further than Tibbs. But what brought us to the win was Julius Randle's out of body experience. This is COVID Randle, Ryan. This is the best 
two-way game Julius Randle has had this entire season. This is not the empty stats game where he, he's just scoring 26 points and doesn't close out. No, he was giving you steals. It was, he, 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 he was playing passing lanes. He was actually playing up on the three-point line. And when I was away on vacation, I, I saw there was a player-only's meeting, and I seen that fans were upset that, you know, he wasn't being held accountable, but there was holding a meeting about being held accountable. I don't know what was said in that meeting or what was said after, but something clicked tonight at least, and Randall shot threes, but not only your offense, he played the most inspired defense that I've ever seen this season. Yeah, man. Um, first and foremost, tonight was easily Randall's best game of the season. And I'm trying to think when was the last game I've seen him play with this much passion on both sides of the ball. And I know people were upset that it was Julius Randall that called that meeting because I know stemming from last season, it seems like Julius Randle was not being held accountable and he wasn't allowing others to hold him accountable. But clearly he's gone into this season with a new mindset. Yeah. And him calling that player's only meeting, that shows me that the players on the team respect them because, like you said, something clicked in that meeting and now this team is playing great defense like, for example, before that player's only meeting, since Mitch got was since Mitch went out the lineup, the Knicks defense has been terrible. Yeah. After that meeting, it doesn't matter whether Mitch is in the middle, Hardison is in the middle, or Sims is in the middle. They stepped it up on defense, especially on the perimeter. Yeah. Getting out on three point shooters, etc. And I. Like I said, I, I try my best to be a very fair person. Yeah. And I know that Julius Randle is a player that splits the fan base. But right now, you have to give Julius Randle his credit. Because he called that meeting. I don't know what was said during the meeting. But something clicked with the team that got them to win in Utah. And then this man shows out tonight. On a back-to-back, it's yeah. not even like they had games. It's not even like they had rest before they went into Denver and played that game. It's on a back-to-back in a mile high where you, were, where, where you already know if team, the teams that don't play in Denver, they, have, they struggle getting their win. Yeah. It takes them a while to get their win. So the fact that the Knicks went back-to-back, beat the Jazz in Utah, that gave them the first loss of the season for Utah at home. Then they went into Denver – Gave Denver Nuggets their first loss at home this season. Yo, I got to give Julius Randle his props, man. Like, he's balling right now. This game is Julius Randle hater proof. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Julius Randle hater proof. And I'll say, this, you know what? You know what? I'm not going to say that because there's some very talented haters out here, right? They can find the hate in a rainbow. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so. There's some very talented haters out there, but to me, this is probably the most Julius Randle hate-proof game you're going to get this season. And uh, it inspired the team when usually we're looking to Jalen Brunson, but, but listen, towards that fourth quarter, 
it got real. Julius Randle got and one. He got buckets. He didn't get greedy. He passed up the ball to, to Cam Reddish at the top of the of, of the key to drive um to hit uh, some some winning layups. He shared the wealth. He and he he calls fast breaks. One man fast break playing passing lanes. Since when is Julius Randle playing passing lanes, Ryan? Since when is Julius Randle poking away the ball on defense on on on? Since when is Julius Randle was switched on on Murray and locked him up, and so did IQ. This this is this is the Julius Randle that New York fell in love with during the COVID years. That guy, not the guy we saw last season, not even the guy that we saw a couple of weeks ago when he was going. And I know y'all got on me a couple of games ago, Ryan, when I said. Julius Randle had an empty stats game. I know y'all that be, and because I didn't see him playing defense like this. I was going when I was on vacation, right? I came back. I looked at the Thunder game. I looked at the Utah game. I looked at the Pistons game and Julius. And then I looked at clips from earlier this season. And there's a stark difference on how he played defense compared to the first three games of the season to now. He hasn't been closing out on those three-point shots and those dribble drive guys like he has today. So I'm giving him his props for, man. So gunshots to Julius Got to give him his props. He, he almost overcame Tibbs Tibbin, Tibbs terrible coaching. With RJ left in the game, almost overcame Tibbs by himself. <laughs> Facts, and you know that's usually not the case because usually when Tibbs be Thibbin, usually Randall is a part of that Tibbs be Thibbin equation. Exactly. <laughs> but, but but tonight that wasn't the case. He was he was the he was the player that actually got us over the hump to win the game. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, over the hump a little bit. I, I can't believe it. It, it, it was crazy. It's, it's crazy that RJ Barrett got off to a slow start. And listen. This is a bad to bad tips. This is one of those games where you gotta go go Grimes. Shoot, even Evan. Even Evan Ryan. I would take Evan today. Because come on, son. Really? It's not it's not a it's not a coincidence that as soon as RJ Barrett left the game, that's when we started to take the lead. That's not a coincidence at all. But what's even shocking to me was RJ Barrett was taking out the game for Obi Toppin. <laughs> Obi Toppin was playing clutch minutes, Ryan. Now he didn't make the most of it, but yeah. it's like Tibbs is finally waking up. Oh, you know what? We might want to have, <laughs> we might want to have one our best statistical three point shooter in the end of the game when it's crunch time. We might want to do that. So, um, <laughs> I, Tibbs almost tipped this one, but we ended up pulling out the win. I, I saw, and there's other little things I want to touch about this game, but I see we got three callers up and it's 1 a.m. in the morning. So I'm going to get to y'all early. All right. Let's, let's yeah, do that. We got to get through these calls. <laughs> yeah, for, first caller up, we got, who do we have up? Mr. Finesse, first caller up. Mr. Finesse, tell us what your name is and where you're from. What do you want to talk about? Salute, family. How y'all doing, man? My name is Mr. Connect. I'm from Queens, New York, but I'm calling y'all from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. 
That's what's up. What's up? One a.m. Great win by the Knicks. Great comeback win. Got me excited and hyped. Um, I'm gonna just touch on three things and then jump off to hear y'all respond. Number one, I'm gonna say about Julius Randle. I think that the year he had when he was playing at his best here with us was the best year he had in his career, right? And I think that he played way over his head that year, right? Nobody expected him to be that that year. Right. But because he did it, the following year we expected him to repeat that. Although we had a body of work that never said he could do that, that was our new expectation of him. So for me personally – when, at the time when he was playing so well, my thought was trade him while he's at a high, right? But we didn't, and we got him. So I'm right now back to that. If he plays at a high again, my thought is trade him while he's at a high. Otherwise, Julius Randle is not the guy who should be expected to carry a team because he's never shown he could do that, right? right? But he could be a great piece. So, and I'm going to use that to get into my next point. I didn't know really what to expect from Jalen Brunson. Because mm-hmm. I only seen them play the games I see on when they play on national TV, but he's made a huge difference. Oh yeah, on this team, and it's 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 crazy what a point guard would do, who can move with some speed, who can pass the ball, who can shoot the ball, and who's consistent. Yeah, I love what I'm seeing out of Brunson. You know. Where he's taking the team, to me, that stood out to me more than even Randall. Yes, Randall had a great game. But I'm just looking at consistency. And Brunson, Brunson has been a big difference maker. Um, shout out and honorable mention to Cam Reddish, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I salute to him. I'm feeling how he's coming off the bench. And the last thing I wanted to touch on is, uh, does Tom Thibodeau realize Obi Toppin shouldn't be – at the three-point line all game long <laughs> because I'm seeing this kid come across screens like he's John Stark at the three-point line. That's not what I want to see from him. Can we get at least a little bit of OB in the block or something? Something within the the area of 18 to 15 to 13 feet? Is that possible? I mean, every time I'm seeing him two to three, yeah, he makes them. But that should not be – that's to me, that's not using him at his strength. Right, we didn't ask Patrick Ewing to dribble the ball up court. I don't want to see Obi Toppin coming off screens and shooting threes. On that, thank y'all for taking my call, man. Salute to y'all. It's the nick of time. Salute to the Knicks. Tibbs be Tibbing. I love that. <laughs> uh, y'all have a good night, man. It's Mister Finesse, and I'm gonna jump back in the chat. Hi, right, you salute to Mister Finesse, man. Ryan, Ryan, any, any, any thoughts on what Mister Finesse had to say? Um, he made a lot of good points. You know, Brunson has definitely changed the outlook of this team. You know, like I like, you know, like we've been saying, you know, since the beginning of the season, like Jalen Brunson playing point guard compared to anybody else we've had at point guard within the recent years yeah. is like night and day. Jalen Brunson has yeah. made a huge difference on this team, and he's part of the reason why the Knicks are eight and seven at the moment, one game over five hundred. Now the Obi Toppin talk. I definitely see where you I definitely see where he's coming from because even though Obi Toppin is he's been shooting the three lights out this season, yeah. which is yeah. definitely a surprise. But if you wanna but if you're gonna talk about where Obi probably where his strength lies, his strength doesn't lie within the three point shot. Can't say you that. Know, can you know 
<laughs> I, yeah, know yeah, you're saying. Like, I know what you're saying, though. But go, continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, his strength doesn't really lie with it within the three-point shot. You know, his strength does lie more. He's, like, more of a fast-break player. He gets out on the run, you know, gets you easy baskets. And I do think Obi does need to develop a game in the paint. He does need to, like, develop. And, and, to, be, and to be honest about it, I have seen him drive to the basket at times and try to create his own shot within the paint. You know, he doesn't just stay at the three-point line all the time. Sometimes he does try to drive into the basket and see if he can get an easy shot. But I do – but, I mean, if you – like, if you tell me, like, okay, what, what I would want Obi to improve on, that would be one of the uh, – that would be one of the parts of his game that I would like him to see improve, in, which is, like, you know, more post-play, you know, get into the paint, you know, maybe create, like, a little hook shot and things like that. But at the moment, I'm good with Obi. You know, shooting lights out from three. It's a new game nowadays. You need bigs that can shoot the three. You need those stretch bigs. The game's more spaced out. You know, I know he brought the example of Patrick Ewing, but those ga- those days are gone now. The the traditional big man isn't really, you know, used in the NBA nowadays. So yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah, I do agree with them. But at the same time, I'm like. You know, it it does benefit Obi to develop an outside game as well. Obi, listen, Obi is adapting to to the environment in which he plays. He came in in the league as a guy who was like a pick and roll guy. We were comparing him to Amari Stoudemire where he first got here, and then when he got here, no one ran no pick and roll for him. You know, <laughs> so the so like. You, you just got to give it up to Obi for adapting to the situation. They're not using me as a pick-and-roll dive guy. They're using Mitch for that as that guy. They're using Sims as that guy. I have to adapt my game to a three-point shooter. Now, the way he's being used is kind of just, like, limiting his game. Like, we've seen him last year being more successful going to the hole than he is this year. But that's because that's, that's what he's been practicing. And that's the shots he's been giving. I do actually believe that Ob can be um, can score in the mid range, can score from three, and can score at the rim, and can possibly post a little bit um, if the time comes for like you know mismatches. At this point, I, not like maybe guys decide, but mismatches. I do feel like he can't do that, but he, he only has but so many minutes to prove what he can do. And you know what? He did what he had to do to get on the court. <laughs> Pretty much. He did what he had to do to get on the court. And and it, it is what it is. Now, as far as the Randall being traded and his trade value, listen, games like this raise his value. It 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 does. Uh and I'll say this before I say again. I'm not I'm not for trading Randall just to trade him at this point. Um uh, if we get a good return, then so be it. I'm not training him for a bag of beans and a slice of chicken. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it, it's still one of those situations. You, you know what, too? The Randall hate. <sighs> All right, Tom Thibodeau. <laughs> Tom Thibodeau, man. Watching Tom Thibodeau today coach rj barrett so badly made me refocused on why people hate randall so much because this is how people start to turn on players when the, the coach doesn't actually coach and take them out when he's supposed to 
Then they start to actually hate the player. I'm watching Randall play defense today going, wait, this kid always had this in him. This guy always had this in him. He wants to be held accountable. He went into the year two years ago saying, I want to be held accountable. And the coach isn't holding him accountable. If the coach actually held him accountable, we might see more games like this from Randall. And I'm not talking about shooting games either. I'm talking about, I'm talking about the effort on the defensive end. So like, I know a lot of people want to trade Randall and I don't blame you for that. Cause I was pissed at Randall last year for his lack of effort and his attitude. But it makes me think, man, if we had a coach who's held him more accountable, we can get this version more often because man, I feel like he, 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 he's making look RJ look bad. He's making RJ look bad. That's, that's all I got to say about that. Next caller up. I don't know who the next caller is, but we're going to get to you quickly. Cause it's late. All right. <laughs> next call. What's going on? What's go- what? Who's this again? What's going on? What's going on? What's, go- What's going on? So, um, just to touch on the Thibodeau, I'm, I'm not, I'm not on the Thibodeau fire hat no more because I see he's short term. He's not going to be here for long. No, but you can see just by, just by what you said about him, you know, treating RJ the way he's treating him, and not coaching him to win or, or to like get out of a shooting slump or whatever. He's not going to be here, so I ain't even going to waste time on that. I want to talk about um, Jr. Right. Mm-hmm. So he had a stellar game today, but, you know, he's like, you know, watching the Knicks nowadays is like watching a horror flick. It's like a slasher flick. Like, you know the plot and you know the ending, but you just want to see how, how we're going to get killed. Yeah. You know <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. just crazy. <laughs> but this is a, a positive thing about JR, right? JR is like, I look at him and I think that he's like a Rodman-esque player but he's not being used like that. If he was to play defense, because he has skill set, he's a tremendous rebounder, and he can pass. So if you play him like that, that opens up the um, the game for Obi, RJ, and Cam, because you don't have to worry about him hogging the ball. He, he just plays defense, and he grabs rebounds with Mitch or Sin or Hartenstein. And, he would, and this would open up the game, and – all of our players would actually play up to their strength. But I don't see Tibbs doing that because he's not a creative yeah. offensive threat. Yeah. You see me? You feel what I'm saying? So, And that's why I, I think if they was to make him play like that, his trade value would go up. We'd be able to trade him, and we would get more. And then, you know, once the team starts to materialize, then we can get rid of Tibbs and probably go after um, Ime, Adoka, or whoever, because that's pretty much who we're going to go after. I, I mean, that, that's the. Well, I, I'm thinking we're the mystery team going after Udoka. That's my time. Peace. All right. Peace. 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 Interesting thing. If you guys have been following Ian Begley, he's posted, he's been even talking about teams being interested in Man Quickly, for one, and also 
Ime Idoka possibly being in line to be the next head coach for the New York Knicks. I don't know. What do you feel about those things, Ryan? Um, well, first I want to make a comment on the callers, um, like what he said about Julius Randle. Okay. Um, the thing is, I get what he's trying to say. I don't really view Randle as a Rodman S type of player. Like, I feel like if you just limit Randle to just play defense and just pass the ball. I think that's kind of marginalizing his um, skill set because he does have an offensive skill set. Like Rodman didn't have an offensive skill set. So Rodman had to make his money playing defense, rebounding the ball, and being a good passer. You know, Randall actually has offensive skill sets. I think the thing with Randall is like – and, I, and, I, and he does it at times. Like, you can make Randall, you, like, you put Randall in spots to where he can make, where he can be successful. Like, you know, you put him at certain areas of the floor where he gets the ball and he can make a move. And then depending on what, depending on what the defense gives him, he can either pass, like, pass it out to like an open shooter if they double him or he can, you know, bully his way into the, bully his way to the rim, get to the basket or sometimes shoot the three. I think that's where Julius Randle is best at, but he, he shouldn't be like a first option. You know, he no, should definitely, definitely like a, definitely. he should definitely be like a second or third option. I, I just I, I just wanted to put out put that out there. Like I think it's kind of marginalizing his skill set a bit. I just, no, you're right. He, Dennis Rodman yeah. is a yeah is a, is a weird comparison, but yeah, it, it's a little bit too left. But he has some offensive skills. I get you. I get you. Yeah. Now on to Emmanuel quickly being um coming up in trade rumors. I think it's just based on the fact that, you know, teams look at the Knicks. They, they see the Knicks have three point guards, basically. Brunson, Rose, and Quickly. So teams know that sooner or later, one of them has to go. Yeah. And they're looking at Brunson. They know Brunson just signed a big deal, so they're not going to go after Brunson. Knicks are not going to trade him. And then between Rose and Quickly, which guy is the younger guy with more potential at this point? It's going to be Quickly. So I, I can understand why teams are coming after Quickly, but me personally, I'm not really trading Quickly unless – it's a major deal where I know I'm bringing in a star player. That's the only way quickly goes for me. Yeah. In every in every other situation, quickly is going to stay. And as for Emi Aduk, and as for Emi Adoka becoming the Knicks' possible head coach in the future, like that might be a future coach target for the Knicks. I'm on board with that. Like, the, look look what the man did with the Celtics last year. Why why wouldn't I be on board with that? Man, I'm not gonna lie, Ryan. With the with the Knicks history. Of scandals and you know Isaiah Thomas era with I I want to stay clear of that although I you know I am tempted because Ime Doka is that dude and he is going to hold people accountable and get the best out of him on the defensive end and push him offensively if there's a guy who'll be able to do that it's definitely going to be him so I get the allure for sure. But man, that that that's a move that can man, it could be a PR nightmare. It could be, be a PR nightmare. So, especially us being who we are in the New York Knicks, and we we've with the six we haven't had a lot of success as when it comes to wins and playoff wins, but we have stayed clear of drama outside of basketball. So 
it would been it would have to be i don't know i don't know man it's I mean, uh, a that's, that's something for that's something for me to have to ponder about i'm not all the way on board with that but um yeah. But yeah, I'm with you. Julius Randle is not a first option. You already know what it is. You already feel about Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson is that dude. When we took a poll earlier this year talking about who will who is most likely for you to take that final shot, I was on board with Jalen Brunson. I think you were too, Ryan. You got to it eventually, Ryan, even though you chose RJ first. <laughs> yeah, eventually. Eventually. And Jalen Brunson has proven that today. And funny enough, um... You know what? I was worried about Jalen Brunson getting to the hole and performing at a high rate like he has been in Dallas because we don't have the shooters. Um, I think that might have to be a lot. I think that's a big reason why we closed with Obi and Randall at the end to give Jalen Brunson and Randall a little bit more room. And it's, been, it's paying off with dividends. He's been getting to the hole with Gusto. They don't really have shot blockers anyway on that team. And once again, between him and Randall, he he's 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 been that guy. He's been that dude who who could be clutch. And as long as we have him to be a, and we can have Randall make, you know, specific ISO moves in certain points, I think it'll be fine. We just need RJ to get on track. And if RJ's not on track, we need Tom Thibodeau to stop tipping. <laughs> And make the necessary adjustments to play the guy who's playing best that day, whether it be Cam, whether it be Derrick Rose, whether it whether whether it be Grimes. It, it just he just has to push those buttons because we do have a guy in Brunson who can get you that, but he's going to struggle against taller, longer guards because that you've seen him do that. And when that happens, that's when you have to go to another another position where we have a better matchup. Whether so, hopefully RJ will be better next time when he's not sick on a back to back with high altitude in Denver. All right, next caller up. Unless you want you want to add something that's to Ryan, we go to next caller. Oh no, like the only thing I was gonna add was the whole um email Douglas situation. Like I was just gonna say that I understand the PR nightmare that he would bring, mm-hmm. but I would just but I just think that at this point in time, like the Knicks, at least the people we have in charge at the moment has pretty much kept the Knicks clean. You know, there hasn't been no scandals or anything like that. So I think there would be if if we're if we're to bring up a coach like Udoka. I think now would be the perfect time to actually bring him in because right now nobody has anything on the Knicks. Like the Knicks have been a pretty well-run franchise since Leon Rose has come in. No scandals or anything like that. So I think, you know, if we are if we are to bring in a quote-unquote controversial coach, you know, now is the time. And I think winning will cure everything. I think once he's in the position and people see that the Knicks are doing good and he's getting these guys to play, good and win games and things like that. I think all that would be, will be brushed under the, under the rug. We just have to tell Udoka that, yo, look, you in New York now. There's mad women out there, B. There's mad women pick, out there, B. <laughs> pick, pick any woman you want outside. Just don't pick any within the organization. It's New York. There's 8 billion people. Not half of those, more than half of those are women. Just go out there and pick a woman outside. Don't pick one in the organization. We be good. Mm. That's it. 
nothing. Not a staff member, not a cheerleader, not a nothing. Exactly. If it's going to happen, it's not going to happen um, in the middle of the season. It's going to happen in the summer if it happens. Johnny Bryant will be the interim coach, and he'll he'll be coaching the Knicks um, if that was to happen, at least right. until the summer. All right? So, um, But next caller up, we got my man, Big Reaper. Big Reaper, what's going on, sir? Thank you guys for taking my call. It's a late night. Thank you guys for taking my call. Man, I'm really happy they, uh, they won tonight, two games in a row. Look, uh, first of all, email Doka. I'm with uh, Ryan G on this one because it's like, uh, it's a bigger deal if you have like a GM who's doing what he did in, uh, in Boston. But he's a coach and you have a GM, you have a president and all that stuff. So um, I think it's, it's going to be a little easier. Uh, for the Knicks to handle that situation because he's a coach and there's going to be a ton of other, you know, there's a layer of, tons of layer of management above him. So I think, you know, something they're going to be able to uh, manage. So hopefully they do go for it. Uh, the second thing is like for a while now, it's like it's um, it, like the previous, uh, like I think it was the first caller, I've been kind of a little off in the whole fire Tibbles uh, thing because I do agree he's short-term anyway. I just don't see him being here long-term. Uh, my biggest problem has been really the players. Um, obviously, because, like, at some point, you know, like, as a player, you're a professional, and a lot of, you know, we got young guys that are still learning how to play the game, but we also have some, like, veterans on the squad and the veterans not performing, like, for example, like Julius Randle, he finally showed up today on the defense. And I haven't seen him play defense like this since, like, you know, since the uh, uh, the empty gym season, you know, what was that, 2020, 2021? Yeah, COVID season, so, people. <laughs> you know, yeah, and he finally showed up. And, like, look, you know, he, I give him props. He saved the game today. He definitely saved the Knicks today. Uh but I think, you know, I can't remember who said I don't know if it was you or Ryan G. But just, we just need defense. You just know, it. we just need you to play both ends of the floor. You don't have to knock down threes all day. Just play, you know, basically share on the offense. You know, don't force it on the offense and play defense. And the Knicks fans are going to love you. That contract you got, they'll be okay with it. That's it. Uh, but you just got to do that. Yeah. And it's like, you know, hopefully he realizes that and it's, to me, I just think it's it's crazy taking like it it took him this long in a meeting with the rest of the team to realize he had to like show up on on a defense <laughs> event. That's the coach, but that's the coach. I know. I, I mean, but yeah, I like I was on a coach of like not holding him accountable last year, but you know, like, and I it's true. Like you know, the coach should hold him accountable. But the coach is not doing it, so I, I've kind of given up on that. And so at some point, you got to be a professional, you know, especially being one of the veterans of the season, I mean, on the team, and just uh, do what you have to do. So uh, in terms of, like, um, with Julius and Obi, um, first of all, with Obi, like, I, I'm, I'm actually disappointed with his uh, help defense this year. Um, you know, I've been watching some, like, I've been, like, really looking at some of the games I haven't watched, like, every defensive possession that Obi has been in. Mm -hmm. But, like, some of the ones I've seen, like, help defense has been, like, it's been pretty bad. 
you know, he seems very uncomfortable. Like, he doesn't know what to do when somebody's coming at him fast. Um, I mean, he fares a little better on the one-on-one right. defense a little bit. But on the help defense, I just don't know what's going on. You know, maybe he just he needs more minutes, possibly. Uh, but, you know, I, I am disappointed with that. I'm happy he's getting, like, you know, uh, he's making his three-point shots, but I also – this is where I agree with the first caller. Like, I just don't want to see him turn into the new corner boy cast, you know. Like, <laughs> that's just crazy, you know. The kid is 6'10", the fastest dude, probably one of the fastest guys in the league, athletic, and you just taking him – you just take him in the corner at the three-point line. That's just crazy to me. Um, and, but the one thing with Obi, I mean, he's still like – if you look at the ratings, like the PIEs and the PER, it's still like ridiculously high. And it's like – and so that suggests that Tom Thibodeau needs to play more minutes to see – at the very least, you got to play more minutes to see if that PIE – and those production numbers, like those efficiency numbers, are a fluke. Yeah. If it's a fluke, then you can like, scale his minutes back. But like, yeah. Thibodeau, this is where he's like the dumbest. Like sometimes he acts. He's like, I swear he, he's got to be one of the like his stubbornness makes him one of the dumbest coaches alive. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like, it's just sitting right there for you. Just try Ob Top is not like playing ten games. Like you know, it really should be twenty games. You know, at like twenty five minutes. Uh, per game, but try 10 games at 25 minutes a game. Yeah. You know, but he won't even do that for OB. Yeah, I agree. Because that could, like, change everything. Yeah. You know, it's like, everyone talked about, you know, how, oh, he wasn't producing, like, you know, uh, when he came in today. I mean, but, like, you know, they were able to spread the floor. The reason why they're able to get to the basket is because Obi's out there. Yeah, the know? people are actually playing up on him this, this I'm, time. They're not, they're not laying off of him anymore. They actually play up on Obi, so... It opens things up for Randall and Brunson yeah. um, in fourth quarter situations. Yep. We've been pretty, pretty um, bad um, this season, except for maybe Brunson. But um, yeah, you're right yeah. about that. And yeah, I appreciate your call. I want to move on a little bit, unless you have you want to get to a last point. Yeah, yeah. The, you know, the other thing, like one last point. The other thing with Ob was um, on the defensive end too. People don't realize, like, although he's struggling with like the help defense. But, like, when you're playing defense, like, you just – when you have more speed out there, it just makes it easier to, like, you know, not just to switch, but also, like, you know, it's just a lot easier when you have, like, speed on the floor on the defense event with some length. And so you're not going to have a lot of guys that's open out there. Yeah. Like catching the ball, you know, like, you know, so. Yeah, Cam. That's pretty much it. Got you. I appreciate you, Reaper. Thanks for calling in, man. All right. Thanks. All right. Yo, Cam and yo, Cam and IQ, man, have been really good defensively. And you can add Sims to that list as well. I'm really, yo, this one actually I really want to see uh IQ Cam Grimes lineup Ooh. with Sims and Obi. Like I really want to see that lineup. I kind of feel like that lineup can be really deadly. And the way those guys help out each other on a defensive end, and the way Grimes doesn't even need help. It's funny because I was watching games from before when he when Grimes played with the Thunder. And the Knicks are you so used to helping. There was a play where Grimes fought over the screen and stayed with his man during the screen. And Hartenstein wasn't even used to that. So he was he was drop he was playing drop and working for the help defense until he, you know, it was too late to realize he, Grimes didn't need any help. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Grimes had it himself. So uh, I'm I'm really I would love to see Grimes. Ob, 
IQ, Cam, and Sims in the lineup for sure. Yeah, we we can hope to see it, but you know, Sims don't be experimenting much. So <laughs> yeah, he don't. He don't. And I just I just gotta give these honorable mentions before I I mention anything else. Honorable mentions to IQ, gunshots to IQ. There was like a little stint where it, you know things went awry, but the first half IQ didn't even shoot a shot. He just concentrated on running the offense, recognizing mismatches, playing defense, giving lobs to Sims, giving the giving the ball to 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 uh even Sims in the post when he saw a mismatch or Obi in the post. I think he did a very good job setting up his team in that first half and partly in his second half. Um, also, a, a stellar job on Jamal Murray to prevent him from getting a clean look to send the game into overtime. So, gotta give my props to IQ. Gotta give me a cop stick to Cam Reddish, who once again he fumbled a little bit, but once again, stellar defense continues to get deflections continue to assert himself as that guy, that perimeter defender on the team and preserved his career. And I have not agreed with a lot of what tips has done this year. And you know what, if Grimes wasn't injured, Cam might not have got his shot, but I do give credit to the coaching staff for cutting out the shots that weren't important. You know, the cutout, they, they got Cam to cut out that mid-range crap. The pull up, concentrate on shooting threes and get into the hole and playing defense. And he looks great. And Sims as well, man. Sims has been jumping out the gym. His activity, his his activity on when to grab and fight for rebounds is causing fouls. Um, he's playing stellar defense as well. He's finally got. He's finally adapted to playing with the team since Mitch has been out and he and his defense one on one on Murray as well as been stellar one of the most switchable five in the league is Jericho Swims who's done a great job with this Knicks team I I had to get those out the way and I'll let you add anything you have to say to that Ryan yeah I mean you pretty much said everything right there um quickly definitely Definitely like the way he played point guard today. Um, he definitely um, ran the team really well. And like you said, that defensive stop at the end of the game against Jamal Murray was definitely major. And you can definitely tell that quickly has stepped up on the defensive end. So you definitely have to pick up quickly for that. Um, Sims? Yeah, man. Like, he, he, that man is just so athletic and he's fast on the court as well. When you switch, when you switch them on guards, you don't worry. You don't you don't have to worry because no. the man's the man's foot speed is crazy. Like the way he stuck on Murray towards the end of the game was amazing, and and I and I do like the fact that you know we always talk about the IQ Obi combination, but it looked like he's he looked like IQ's building um chemistry with Sims as well because I think he found Sims on like what two or three opportunities right um tonight for alley So yeah. Yeah, definitely have to big up Sims as well. He's definitely showing out. And if he continues to play like this, you know, if future trades come up, the Knicks might think about moving Mitch. To be honest about it, if Sims continues to play like this, it might make Mitch expendable for the Knicks to probably bring in 
you know, a player that can really impact the team like that. It's it's possible because it, it's we're in a situation. Look, this is why teams are calling the Knicks right now about IQ. We're in a situation where we have so many young guys that we're not going to be able to keep everybody. Yeah, that's just like the nature of the game. All we, as Knicks fans, we love the guys who are homegrown, the ones that we picked ourselves and groomed ourselves, and we've done that with Mitch. We've done that with RJ, but we got you know Mitch. We got IQ and Obi coming up. We're gonna have to pay them at the same damn time. Then we have yeah. Grimes, who I still is gonna be. I still believe he's going to be really good. Once he gets over this foot thing, you know what I'm saying? Um, if given the time, if given the time and kept healthy, Grimes is going to be good. You can book it. You, you, you can book it. And Cam Reddish has shown that, you know what? The Knicks might just want to keep him. And I can see the Knicks trying to keep him past this season. So, but you know what? Somebody's going to have to be cut loose at some time. And we, this is the the this is the good this is the thing about having death and having a lot of young pieces. Teams come like vultures and, and try to pick these players apart from us when we have this many young people on the team. So I expect that to happen at some point. Um and I expect it to hurt. <laughs> I expect <laughs> it, it to hurt. It, 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 it's gonna hurt, but it depends on who the Knicks get back in return. Right. Because whoever the Knicks get back in return, it can make it hurt a little bit less. <laughs> <laughs> If we do something with like a young player and picks to get a disgruntled star type of situation, I hear you, Ryan. I hear you, Ryan G. All right. Uh, next caller up. We got one caller left. Caller, let us know what your name is, where you're from, what you want to talk about, so we can get the heck out of here and go to bed. <laughs> caller, you still there? Call fell asleep. It is 1 a.m., so I get you. <laughs> <laughs> I get you. I get you. I get you. All right. All right, yo. All right, well, since... Look, Hardenstein's not very good. Hardenstein has some good defensive uh, situations today. I can also see Hardenstein being moved in certain situations. I can see that, too, as well. I mean, we have depth everywhere like i can see a situation where iq be moved i can see a situation where ob is moved we have one more color fritz okay fritz patch him in okay caller let us know what your name is where you're from and what do you want to talk about can you hear me can you hear me now guys yeah, yep sure can all right that's it from long island What's going on, man? All right. Happy for this back-to-back win. It doesn't happen too much, especially on the road trip. So whatever that dinner talk was, you know, this is really – that's really interesting because early, the, early with the OKC game, you see that clip with, like, Randall Zen meditation and something that I personally thought, like, maybe he should be doing something like that. Now he's doing it. Yeah. Now well, – Calling on a team dinner, which this is speculative for my part, but it's a talk amongst the guys to see the reality for what it is, okay? You have a coach that 
has has his ways and is not that creative with offense. So by accepting that, that uh, some guys are going to get pulled, and then when some guys are not going to get pulled whatsoever, they have to, you know, cement what they can and cannot do. And if they wanted to, even if they wanted to, that could really happen. So I guess that's what probably what's been talked about in order to win these uh, these these two games. I'm kind I'm kind of glad about that. And as far as like you know with uh, Randall, I don't know how long this is going to last. Why? Because again, how long how long is this going to you know? People, the roster is going to be used for what it is, and that guess, that's what I believe. That why Tips is on the hot, uh, still on the warm seat, because he is still not using the roster as intended. So we get everyone's getting a break because we're winning. Uh, value is being well restored, and as you guys talked about, like you know, who we're going to maybe trade with the trade rumors. Let's only worry about that down the road. Especially, we, we need to see far more consistency if they can actually hold it. But I will say this. If we're going to trade one of all the young guys, it's got to be the one with the big, you can get the biggest return. It will hurt, but like take for example, if Obi go, goes and you have Cam and RJ, it would make sense you might want to, want to go for, for Zion. Wrong thing. Wouldn't make sense. But if you're not trading OB and you're going to trade for Quick as being a point guard, you better run with it. If teams actually believe he's a point guard, you want to market it as that such. You get the highest return. Then you start rolling with Deuce and everyone else. Because I really think that the front office has made it very clear, especially with OB and uh, in camp, they bought him there. Yeah. Obi was drafted, and he traded for for Cam. And these guys are looking like they're going to be what they were, what they promised to be. The Pitts might get in the way with that. That's all I have to say. Got you. All right, yo, thanks for calling in, man. Thank you. All right. Um, what I kind of got from what he's saying is he, I don't know, the way the the the, the lineup is being used. The funny enough, I do feel like most of what I think 98% of what Knicks fans want has happened. And I don't think people realize it because there's still like that 2%. There's still that that 2% that's bucking the hell out of us and that two percent is ob is still kind of getting shafted with the minutes but most fans wanted i wanted cam reddish to start cam reddish is now starting most fans wanted uh evan fournier to be bench now evan fournier is on the bench you know like uh, so a lot of what knicks fans wanted is is actually starting to happen and it, you know it could be because of the front office it because tips in the hot seat whatever what, whatever i don't know why whatever the reason most of it is happening now but the biggest thing that we really want to see right now is ob get his fair shot and now be like nick's twitter coach bingo you know so like that's when we really get to see what we want to see 
So, I mean, that and more adjustments to the situation is probably the, the biggest qualms that we as fans probably has right now. I don't know. Would you agree with that, Ryan? I mean, yeah, I agree to a degree. I agree to a degree. Um, it's funny because as much as we don't like Thibs, Thibs does deserve credit for at least the development of some of the young players on our team since he's been here. Yeah. You know, and, and I know a lot of people don't want to admit that, but it's true. Do I think Thibs is the coach of the future? No. Of course not. I do believe that eventually a change has to be made at coach. And yeah, and, and the Knicks have to go with somebody who's a bit more creative. Yeah. The offense and will give the younger players more of a chance to shine and develop them further. You know, but Dibs definitely has played a hand in the development of players. Like, I don't want to act like Dibs has been hindering the young players because, I mean, honestly, you look at you look at the guys we have, like, RJ has grown, Obi has grown, quickly has grown, Cam Reddish is growing, and that's all under, and that's all under Thibs' watch. So So is Mitch. Exactly. Mitch has grown too. So you have to give Thibs his credit where you know, you have to give Thibs his credit where it's due. I don't think he's hindering the young players like a lot of people believe that he is. You know, like you said, the only gripe really is like Obi not really getting the 20, 25 minutes that, you know, that he probably deserves to show that what to show what he can do if given more time. And perhaps at this moment, Grimes not getting any playing time is probably another grab you have as well, because it's like, is Grimes not healthy? Like, why is he not getting any playing time at the moment? So, yeah, I agree with maybe 90% of what you said. There's like a 10%. Like, I still, re- I still remember Alex Burks being the starting point guard last season when Emmanuel quickly was out playing him. I still remember that. <laughs> no, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Thibs is perfect. I'm just right. saying that. I'm just saying that it, it's funny because we blame Thibs for him hindering the young players, but at the same time, these, these same young players has grown under his watch. That's all I'm trying yeah, to say. Know, that part I agree with. And I, I've said this on this channel many times. I, I feel like Tibbs has done a good job teaching the young players the fundamentals and teaching them how to be prepared and how to be professional. But I feel like he's done a horrible job at, you know, instilling confidence in certain players and, you know, letting them play through certain mistakes and pulling them too quickly or not riding them enough when they have a high hand. To me, that's part of development too. So I do feel like he's failed on that part, but I do believe that you have to give credit and credit is due. These players have gotten better under Tiz because especially on people, you know, especially on defensive and on certain players, he's held them, he's taught them how to do certain things and he's developed under Tib. So you do have to give him some credit. There's, there's a lot of people who are very all or nothing. There's like, Tibbs is absolute trash or <laughs> Tibbs is, you know, the best coach ever. Tibbs is just like this team, a mid coach. All right. He's good at some stuff and he's bad at some stuff. <laughs> there's some pros and there's some cons. <laughs> there's pros and cons. He's good at this and bad at this. He's not bad at everything like people try to market him to be. And he's not 
the freaking, you know, uh, Eric Spolcher or whatever. All right. That, that's so I, I, that's all I got to say about that situation. Um, especially when it comes to Cam Reddish to me. So hold on. I see we got Fritz. Fritz has a question for us. And then after this, we'll wrap it up. All Fritz. right. Hey, what's up? What's going on, Fritz? Hey, man. How's it going? So, um, yeah, my question was more about Tibbs. Is, uh, do you think, you know, the problem with Tibbs is it an X and O issue? Or is it a style issue? Like, um, like for me, like... Are you going to answer or are you just going to go ahead? No, no, I... I uh, yeah, I was gonna, I, I was gonna wait for the answer because like, there's some certain places where I think it's maybe a more style issue. Yeah. Uh, like with Obi, like Obi needs Obi needs confidence to, you know, Obi only gets one type of, you know, like he's not getting that confidence. So like most players that need to be enabled, he's not really enabling players. He's basically gonna tell you this, you know, he's gonna tell you where you mess it up, and, you know. He fixed that, but like he needs to give players a, you know, uh, ability to like spread out and you know have confidence to increase the game. Um. Okay, I'll answer that now. I'll, I'll say this. Um, Jalen Brunson being added on his team has made him look a lot better on the offensive side of the ball. I'm not even gonna hold you. Like even his out of bound, his out of timeout plays have looked a lot better this year. Than last year, and I'm trying to figure out is that more because of Jalen Brunson, or is it because the team has been with him longer and they've been able to execute, or what? But um, that stuff has gotten better. But for me, his biggest flaw has been the ability to not adjust to the situation at hand, whether that be changing, you know, changing out a player. It took him almost four quarters to bench RJ. RJ played 30 minutes, 59 seconds today. He had no business playing 30 minutes and 59 seconds. Matter of fact, we started to handle the game when RJ sat on the bench. He's too stubborn in his ways. And to that's the biggest thing right now that's holding him. Once one of them, two, he ha- he still has problems holding certain players accountable. Now, I know before Tibbs got here, he's... Um, who did he get into a beef with, Ryan? Did he get into a beef with... Um... When, he, when he just came? No, no. When he was coaching on the Timberwolves, was him and Cat beefing? I feel like I remember there's a story where he was beefing with some veterans before and I think it caused some tension and it kind of caused him to kind of leave. Um, and I, wasn't I, I don't know. Jimmy Butler though? Huh? Wasn't it Jimmy Butler? Oh man, what could have been Jimmy Butler? Yeah, Jimmy Butler. Like, there's certain, I feel like he's kind of, he, I don't know if he's scared to hold quote unquote star players because, you know, I wouldn't call Randall, these guys star player, accountable and that, because of what he's happened in the past but i feel like that's another thing that's hindered us outside of him not playing certain young players and having his crutches and also him kind of you know sometimes just coaching to the system and not to the strengths of the players sometimes like he knows but you know what that's a lot of coaches to be honest with you certain coaches like you know my style is i need a rim protector, a jump shooter, 
a guy going to take over the game and I need these pieces and pieces in place. If I don't have these pieces, I can't make it work. There's a lot of coaches like that. D'Antoni is one of them. D'Antoni is like, I need a go a point guard to go to the hole and all shooters and I can do what I did do. So he's one of those guys where he, he, he just has his format and he sticks to it no matter what. And to me, those are his biggest, biggest issues for me. Yeah. Um, I think you pretty much nailed it on the head. Like I pretty much agree with what you said, like pretty much 100%. Like I think with Dibs, like his best years, he's definitely had a point guard, you know, like his years with the Bulls, he had Derrick Rose and those are, and those are arguably, arguably his best years as a coach. And I feel like, since he's not that creative on offense, he needs that he, he needs that bonafide point guard. Right. That is, you know, that can run an offense and get other players involved and things like that. If Dibs doesn't have that bonafide point guard, then yeah, his offense is definitely going to struggle. But yeah, his weaknesses is, is clearly his stubbornness, like you said. You know, his inability to you know, switch things around. He, he has shown, but I'm, I'm going to give him a little credit though because this year he has shown the ability to make changes at times. You know, the playing OB and Randall together is one of them. And he's definitely messed with a, some lineups this year. I'll That's give him a little... Mitch is injured. <laughs> yeah, that is true, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him a little bit of credit. But yeah, typically, you already know with Thibs, you already know his rotations. You know, when the game starts... Brunson comes out early so that he can come back in the second quarter early. And, you know, and then he brings in what rolls first. So you already know what Thibs' rotations is. Like, it's, it's like clockwork. You, you, if you watch Knicks games, you know what Thibs is going to do. So that's one of his weaknesses and ability to, like, switch it up a bit. And he just sticks with the same rotations. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like we said, you know, Thibs is just a coach that he has his pros, he has his cons. And he's not, he's not going to be that coach that's going to get next to the next level. But, you know, he is that coach that, you know, he can kind of like, you know, like stabilize the team, put in a system and be like, OK, if we run this system, we'll be successful. Like that's the type of coach Thibs is. Foundational coach, man. That's the foundation. Then we got to move on and evolve at some point. And yeah, I see Ricky Ricky Bree says it. Tibbs is is setting a good foundation, but I think a change will have to be made to get the ring eventually, like Kerr for Jackson. Yeah, he's a foundational coach. He's he's setting a tone and putting us in direction, and then we're going to have to fly with somebody else eventually. That's just going to have to happen. All right. All right. Thanks for calling in, Fritz. Uh, I think this is a good time to end the show. Um, yeah. So you know what, Ryan? Ryan, just let me know where I can find you, sir. You can find me on Instagram at Sir G is chilling. Sir G is chilling. That's S I R G is C H I L L I N. You can also find me at Sir G's Corner on Instagram. You can also find me on Twitter at Ryan G K O T. And I'm, and I'm going to put it out there. The Knicks are going to win in Golden State. Golden State is struggling right now. The Knicks are on a roll. We're winning on Friday. Declaration. I'm scared. I'm scared to function. 
I'm scared to pretend to function like a team who's supposed to do what it's supposed to do. I'm not going to Because I don't know. If, hey, have you guys been still doing the, 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 uh, what's the, the count? We, we, we kind of, we kind of slipped on it, but I'm going to bring it back for the Warriors game. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because I'm not going to lie. I was getting cocky in my head and I was like, oh yeah, that thunder, we're going to win that. Bruh. Not the case. Yes. <laughs> Not the case. Uh, um, but yeah, hopefully we do win that game. And it's crazy. Listen, the Eastern Conference, I don't know what team you're on. You can easily be team tank or team playoffs because talk about the Knicks of mid, the whole Eastern Conference is mid right now. All right. Yeah. The whole Eastern Conference. If you're looking at these, hold on, hold on. Can I even share my screen? Let's see. Look at this. Celtics 12 and 3, Bucks 11 and 33, Hawks 9 and 6, 8 and 6, 9 and 7, Pacers 7 and 6, Wizards 8 and 7, Knicks 8 and 7, 76ers 7 and 7, Heat 7 and 8. Like half of the East is 500 right now. Yeah. Or one game above or below. So you got to win the games you're supposed to win if you're trying to be in the playoffs. And you got to figure out how fast. If you, if, 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 you, if you come to February and it's not all clicking, you might you just want to go for Victor. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but we'll see. We got one, two, three, four, five teams who are 500 or a game above or below 500 right now. And, you know, you put the Raptors in there. They're two games over. Six teams. They, yeah, they ain't blowing nobody away. So from five to like ten, it's a crapshoot. It's a crapshoot, guys. This is gonna be a bloodbath. The East is different. The East is well different. I'm gonna just end with that. All right, that is our show. Let's, let's, let's bring it home. You already know where you can find us. You can find us on Instagram. Um, you can listen to us first of all at uh, I mean you can you get our snapbacks at uh. TheNickTownShow.com slash catalog. Get the black and white and the blue orange snapbacks. Also, follow us on the KT Show on Twitter. Nick Time Show on Instagram and Facebook as well. Nick Time Show. You can also listen to us on SoundTown, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Apple, wherever you can listen to podcasts. You can find us, the KOT Show. All right. All right. Okay, Ryan, that is our show. Time to go to bed so we can go to work. All right. Find me sleeping on my desk tomorrow morning. That's right. <laughs> Don't let the boss catch. All right. <laughs> but that is our show. And as always, shout out the worldwide west. Everywhere we go, we leave a worldwide mess. It's a mess out here in these Knicks YouTube streets. That is our show. Go to bed, crazy Knicks fans watching us at WM. We out of here. Peace. York, New York, big city of dreams. New York, New York, big city of dreams. NYC.